episode 12 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Let's wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Guys, welcome along to episode 12 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Owls, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime of love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Well, this month has probably been one of the busiest months of my life. It's been absolutely ridiculously crazy, partly because I've just moved into the play my new house with my partner Joe, which is um which is really, really cool. We've got a, a lovely place in a place where we I live in a place called Christchurch and uh, which you probably have heard about over the earthquakes over the last few months episodes, but we bought a house and we've moved in, we've managed to get up a hill once, so we've got this stunning view of the mountains and the city below us and stuff. I'll actually I'll put a, a photo to it on uh, my website bevanjamesisles.com with the show notes with this month's show just so you guys can check out you know see my lovely view I'm kind of loving it but it's also probably more exciting because I've been with Joe for three years and we haven't actually lived together and so it's nice to actually do that kind of move in thing together where we're actually living together and to be honest buying a house is the first way to move in was kind of a bit of a risk but it seems to be working out okay so early on so it's pretty exciting times but when you move house you have just have a million things to do and uh, alongside that I've just been up to Auckland and done uh, a filming for Body Attack which is one of the films that I do for Les Mills International so uh, for those of you who don't know much about my Les Mills world, Les Mills are basically the world's leading provider when it comes to group fitness and um, I'm probably best known for body attack so they create uh, educational dvds that get sent all around the world to fitness instructors and i'm kind of on one of those dvds so i've just been up in auckland to represent and uh, present on body attack 75 and it went really really well so for those of you who like body attack 75 is going to rock when you get that um, I do have to say, last month I did action triggers and I didn't actually get, end up getting around to finishing the workbook off and I've had quite a few emails from people saying, oh, when's it coming? And admittedly, it's just been on my list of things to do, the most least important thing to do. And I know that sounds really bad, but just when you move house and have lots of things happening, it's kind of fallen off the wayside. So I've booked in some time for this Friday to get it done. So probably by the time I produce it, get it finished off, it should be out on Monday. Now I know a lot of you will be listening to this in the future so if you go to my website bevanjamesisles.com you can just find it there but if you are listening to this as soon as I release it just come along maybe next Monday and I'll have the action triggers one done up there. Um, I, I suppose the big thing about today's show is that this has been our year anniversary. Around about a year ago I thought I'd tell you a little bit of insight into what got me wanting to do this podcast and uh, and you know and, and you know now it's been a year down the piece. So around about a, or two or three years ago I did a podcast called Fitness Forever with a guy called Ashane and Ash and I used to do it a weekly show which was around about 20 minutes long, 20 to 30 minutes long and we kind of came in with a similar concept to what I'm doing here but I found with Fitness, Bar, uh, Fitness Forever, Forever Fitness, yeah, I can't even remember the name of it now, I found with Forever fitness is that Ash and I were a bit Mickey Mouse on it that we'd often just kind of catch up every couple of weeks and we'd pre-record a couple of shows at one time and we'd do probably you know out of every three shows there'd be one show I'd be really proud of one that was a bit average and then one that was just a little bit poor and it was partly just because Ish and I were so busy so we'd pretty much not do much prep come in what had been on our mind recently and and you know if that worked it'd work really well but if it didn't work we'd kind of do some shows that well I just didn't think it was really up to scratch and so um, around about two years into doing that show, or maybe two and a half years of doing that show, I actually decided just that, for me, I just wanted to move on from it. And Ish actually maintained it. Don't, I don't think he does it anymore. He was maintaining it for a while. And, and to be honest, I didn't listen to a lot of the work he did himself, but I'm pretty sure he probably did a really good job. 
But around that time, I pulled away, and for about a year, I wasn't doing any kind of fitness podcasting. I, I do my other podcast, which is called I Am Talk, and uh, for those triathletes out there, I'm sure you listen to I Am Talk. But for for myself, I really wanted to create a, a fitness show, but I wanted to do something that was done to a higher level, you know, not just something that kind of every week I just read some article and just kind of whip something out. I wanted something that had a lot more thought behind it and almost like, you know, where you could really get really good education around what I was doing and, and maybe introduce some concepts that you hadn't even thought of or or showed a different way of looking at things that maybe you can bring into your life. And so for around six months, I thought to myself, well, maybe I could do a new show. And my, my thinking at the time, it really became around the concept of you know fitness behavior you know what is it because I really believe that fitness is about behaviors it's not necessarily about the physical it's not to say it's not about the physical I suppose I contradict myself here but it's it's more about you know to get people out the door a big aspect of it is the 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 behavior side of it the behavior psychology behind what gets you moving and what makes you successful in an area of life where most people really really struggle and if you look at my field in the fitness industry we we do create a lot of the physical stuff we're really good at creating products like that but there's no one out there really doing the behavior stuff and I think it's starting to come forward more now and now I've been getting emails from you guys telling me about other people who are doing similar stuff to what I'm doing and and obviously I'm doing this myself so I do see from this point forward it's going to become more influential in the way the content that's been put out there around fitness and healthy behaviors so you know I just saw that there was a bit of a gap in the market and I just kind of thought well no one's doing it and I have some lessons and some experiences that I could probably bring to you guys because you know my life is fitness pretty much from the year I turned 19 till now which I'm just about to turn 34 which is crazy but um you know pretty much from that moment forward my whole life has been about fitness you know I've been a, a pretty high level athlete I teach people fitness every day of my life I, I've coached people I've personally trained people I've you know everything I've done has been around fitness and, and I'm always a big believer that you know if you're going to try to be someone who influences other people you have to have walked the walk and talk the talk yourself so there are a lot of you know where I come from is a I, I suppose if, if I feel I have any um, advantage over most people is that I've lived both lives I've lived you know, the life of the non-exerciser before I really got back into exercise. Then I've lived the life of being a high-level athlete, and then I've also lived the life of dealing with regular people and how to motivate regular people. And, and often we find the criticism of the, the high-level athletes is they don't really understand the needs of the regular person. And so I suppose the advantage I have, and it's not that I'm the only person out there doing this, but one of the advantages I have is that I've, I've been the high-level athlete I deal with the everyday person all the time, so I, I have an understanding of what their needs are. And then, you know, I've also walked the talk, so I, you know, I, I struggle just like everyone else in this journey. And so that really motivated me to, you know, create a show that was, you know, a little bit better in the way we created content in comparison to what I was doing on Fitness Forever or Forever Fitness. Jeez, I really have to remember the name of the show. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, and so, so that's why I came to the concept of doing fitness behavior. And I determined at that time that really the best thing for me to do was to not put so much pressure on myself to deliver a show every week because. If I look at my Iron Talk podcast, Iron Talk is a pretty much a news update show. So every week, week there's new news around the sport. So it's actually really easy to create content because, you know, each week there's some new news and, and reviews and and a lot of maybe user content created stuff for you as well. So when it comes to prepping for that show, it does take prep, but it's not necessarily that I have to create 
you know, an idea, how am I going to put an educational piece across or something like that. It's just really, you know, each week we get we kind of check out the last news and we the other guy I do a show with, a show with a guy called John, he actually produces a lot of the kind of pre-show information and, and you know, and we just rock on with there. But with this one, it pretty much takes me a month to get a show together, right? Like I, today I'm doing the show and so I'll wrap up the show and once I've pretty much wrapped up the show and done, you know, the educational piece that goes alongside it, I then just start thinking about, well, what am I going to be doing in next month's show? And, and that thought may have even happened a couple months beforehand so like I almost in my mind start to know what's going to be happening in episode 13 and 14 and then what I'm doing is I'm looking to my own experiences and what I've done in the past and what I can bring to the learning that I'm going to do around that show and then I spend about two weeks just doing research and uh, reading looking at websites and just to find you know the latest thinking in the areas what what I can bring to it that maybe you don't know about and just so I've got the latest best information in it and I suppose for me I really kind of believe in the concept of um, having research backing a lot of my thinking now I admit I don't always have that a lot of it some of times it will best just be based on experiences that I've had that I can bring to it but a lot of the time I really like to think that if I'm going to get out here and tell you guys something that there should be some research around it so um, yeah and so over the last 12 months I've produced um well, this is my 12th show, and, and I'm kind of looking back. There's some shows I'm really, really, really proud of, and then it's interesting when I look back in some shows, I think the message is good, but I could have delivered them a little bit better, and I've learned that what I need to do in producing the show is I actually need to um, do the show once and then listen to it again and then improve on it. So I actually record the show twice. So when I first started doing it, I didn't really do that, but um, I tend to be the kind of person who just has a stream of consciousness, so it just kind of comes at you. And sometimes in doing that, that can be really great, but sometimes I miss some really key points. And so I've found over the last few shows, the best thing to actually do is to to do the show once, let it sit for a day or two, listen to it again, and then take out the really good messages from it, and then maybe add some more focused points around that. So that's kind of the process I go through when it comes to creating fitness behavior. So this month's show, geez, I waffled. It's already 10, months, 10 minutes into the show, and I've kind of just waffled up hopefully it's been interesting for you but in this month's show I'm actually going to do a bit of a wrap up show and um, you're going to see what I'm going to do in a minute but I'm just I just thought you know what I'm not even going to go into that I'm going to go into that I'm going to put some music on right now and I'm going to tell you about what's going to happen in the show any minute now so uh, I hope you enjoyed my little rant about what I do and uh, here's some music creating fitness behavior I really had this concept of introducing concepts that anyone can apply to their lives to create change that would be positive for them in, in, the, in a way that is true to them you know that, that these, these concepts that you could listen to it and you go yeah I get that and I can definitely apply that to my life and I know I've talked in previous shows about how sometimes my industry creates products that are really out of touch with the majority of the population out there that they may work for you know a, a few people out there but really for the majority of people they aren't working and 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 that's where I like the concept of fitness behavior because with fitness behavior most of us can identify with the lessons that I've taught over the last kind of year of the show and, and, I, and one of the reasons I, I was really motivated to do the show was this experience I had with a friend of mine a, a few years ago 
I was sitting um, with a friend of mine and, and she said to me, I've got a sister, my, well, I've got the sister, my sister really struggles with exercise and my sister is um, overweight, um, she's a mum, she's busy, you know, like she's your typical mother who has everybody else wanting her time and everybody else you know, no time for herself within that. So she had kids, she had school commitments, you know, she was on boards at school, she had to go home, cook dinner, you know, she worked part-time because in today's life, you know, most parents have to still work part-time even when they have children. So she had a lot of demands on her life. And at the same time in doing this, it seemed as though, or at least her sister was telling me that it should compromise her sense of self within this, that, um, you know, she was the last thing on the list of things that were really important in her life. And so my friend asked me if I could maybe have a talk with this girl around, you know, exercise and, and maybe I could motivate her. And, you know, like, to be honest, I, I spent a lot of time doing this stuff. So I, I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll be able to help her out. So we kind of hooked up this kind of meeting one day and we went to some cafe and it was actually a beautiful cafe um, outdoors and it was really beautiful. And um, I sat down to talk to this girl and we started talking and and this was a few years ago, actually, and it was really interesting looking back on myself. Um, I do a lot of, like, coaching of people now, as in, like, Skype coaching and stuff like that. And and I, if I look back on the way I approached it at this time, earlier time when I was a little bit less experienced myself, and I, I realised, I've A, I've grown a lot since that time, but B, I definitely had the wrong focus. And I, and I kind of went into the conversation with the idea that I had the answers and I'll be able to help her out. And so we sat down. And, and I suppose the downfall of that was that I didn't go into the, the conversation with the idea of having an understanding of her needs. And I'm going to go back to that in a minute. But I sat down and I started to talk to her about her life and, and what was happening in her life. And it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that the demands of her life were just really, really hard. And she was the kind of person who was a bit of a yes person, would always say yes to other people first. And in doing so, she would compromise herself. So I started to come up with you know, all these amazing solutions that she should just obviously just listen to and take on board. And, and it became pretty clear pretty quickly that she was rejecting every piece of advice that I had. She was rejecting, you know, I'd, I'd come up with, you know, I don't know, you should, you know, maybe you should look at doing this. I can't exactly remember what I was telling her to do, but, you know, there's this area here, you should do this. And instantly I would suggest something and she would instantly rebuttal with an excuse of why that wouldn't work for her and it was looking back again if I talk about that experience of self you know like really I I stuffed up in that situation because I shouldn't have gone into it with I have the answers I should have gone into it with I need to understand your world and then with that understanding how can I help you find the place that's going to work for you successfully And, and I suppose as a coach now that's where I sit you know I kind of when I deal with my clients through you know over Skype and you know stuff like that I really come into it as that A I'm trying to understand your world as much as possible what's it like to sit in your shoes and then once I understand that, how can I help you guide yourself down a path that's going to make you more successful? I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here right here because I was actually watching a TV program the other week with, uh, it wasn't The Biggest Loser, but it was one of those kind of fitness programs where they get a fitness professional to come into somebody's life and, um, you know, change their life. And, and this fitness professional was just created a sense of disappointment in the person the whole time and, and it was really interesting that he wasn't really achieving any success with the person and I think he worked with her for like over a year but by the end of the year she created change but it, looking at the show it wasn't really because of him it was more because 
like if we look back at some of my shows, she she changed her environment. She changed some some of the behaviour stuff was more what made her successful. It wasn't necessarily the guidance the personal trainer gave her, and it was interesting looking at that experience because I felt really disappointed because she was made to feel like a failure the whole time through the show. And to me, he was failing her because he was coming and saying, you need to do it my way because this is the only way to be successful. Instead, I felt he should have gone, how can I help understand where she sits in the world and then how can I help her make her progress? So it is interesting. It's easy to judge the overweight person in programs like that, but are we judging the fitness professionals as well so that they are delivering the best kind of material for the people who the needs of the person in front of them? Anywho, I'm ranting. And I think the show is going to be a whole rant to be honest, but... After a while sitting down with this girl who was really struggling with exercise, I kind of figured it out that the thing that was holding back was she was loathing herself. She really disliked what she'd become in this world. That there was a sense of, I don't know if hate's the right word, but it, it's, it, was, it was like that. She was emotionally very sad in the sense of who she had become in this world, and and this person had been, you know, a pretty good athlete at high school, um, you know, she had achieved fitness things in the past, but because of certain decisions she had made in her life and certain paths she had gone down, she had become the thing that she had neglected in her life, and in doing so, she had a deep-centred dislike of self. Now, that's a pretty horrible place to live, a place where you always dislike what you are as a person. And I remember thinking, you know, it was, you know, I talk about me switching as a coach. I remember this was almost one of those defining moments because I realized that I needed to upskill to be able to help someone like her because at the end of the day, I didn't, at that moment in time, I didn't have the skill set to be able to help her do that. And I remember just going, I, I remember I just kind of, I've kind of stopped kind of telling her what she should do and I started to listen to understand. And I remember just going, you're not a bad person. And when I said that, she broke down and cried. You know, and it was like tears were streaming out of her eyes. And it blew my mind because this pressure she had created for herself and this life she had created for herself had made her feel like a really horrible person. And that she sat in a place day in, day out, feeling terrible about who she was because she wasn't winning when it came to fitness you know, and lifestyle choices. It's kind of really blew my mind. So if I go back to the understanding thing is, is that I live in this world where I'm surrounded by people who do exercise all the time. And so one of, you know, it's not that, you know, like we don't have our issues, but, you know, that's not our issue. We don't really have this constant dislike of, well, maybe, you know what, I can't, I can't talk for other people. I, I, I'm lucky enough that in my life, I, I'm, I feel good about myself regarding my image because of the benefits of the exercise that I do. And so it, it kind of took me to this place where I was like, wow, the negative influence that, you know, bad fitness lifestyle has on someone so much so that they, you know, that they have this deep, deep kind of dislike of self because of this one area. And and, and I, I know in, in previous shows I've talked, you know, in episode three I talked about bad emotions and how, you know, you become to an irrational place when you have negative emotions in your life and that can often make you make rational decisions. And and I, I suppose for me at that time it was like, is this the way you have to be for the rest of your life? You know, do you have to have this deep dislike of self because of your decisions around health and fitness 
or can it be shifted? And that's really what motivated to take me to where I am right now with this show is that do we have the ability to create shift in people's lives who aren't exercising so that they don't have to have a, a constant dislike of self just because they're not an image that you know external forces say they should be? I'm not sure if hating yourself is helping you move towards a better life. And I kind of almost think in today's society, and I'm going to get all big picture here, that you know, the, the, a lot of the way marketing is done, a lot of the way TV and, and media influences us, you know, they are designed to make us feel bad about ourselves to to sell a product. I'll give an example. Um, I'm receding a little bit. You know, I'm going to, my dad's bald ass and, and, you know, I've always been a bit of a pretty boy. I'm not going to deny it. And, you know, I don't care about my image so much nowadays, but when I was younger, I used to, my image was the number one focus in my life. And um, I remember you know, in my early 20s, I was so worried about being bald. I was like, to the point, I just put way too much of my daily energy on the concept of being bald. Now, to be honest, I'm pretty lucky, really, because my dad was bald by the time he was like 20, or, you know, late 20s, he was bald as. And and unfortunately, you know, because I am still deep down a bit of a pretty boy, fortunately, um, I don't have my dad's genes and that, you know, I'm receding a little bit, but, you know, for 34, I'm, I'm can't complain. And... I remember I, I don't I don't watch TV okay I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV um, in my new place we've we've got a TV but I my Joe my partner likes to watch the news and that's about it and and I tend to be writing my journal my nightly journal at that time but I don't tend to watch a lot of mainstream media and uh, for the last seven years I haven't had a TV and so like I haven't really watched it at all. No, 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 I'm not making it up perfect. I cheese. I, I kill some time on the internet. Don't worry. I have my I have my thing. But I, I I when I go to Auckland for work I. Um, I watch TV, I have a TV in my hotel room and it's a funny thing, the reason I don't have a TV is I've learnt that some things in life I have no control over so instead of having them at all, get rid of them completely and for me with TV, I am like that when I go to Auckland and I'm staying in a hotel room I can watch four or five hours a night just sitting there watching TV and it blows my mind that I do it because I know that I'm just wasting time and I have things that I could be doing that are A, better for me or, or healthier for me or whatever but I just sit there and watch it but it's, uh, a couple of years ago, an interesting happen, thing happened when I went to Auckland, and that was I started to become insecure about me receding. That my my daily thoughts, I was spending a lot of energy on having this receding hairline. Now, it was it was really mind blowing. Like, and I, 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 I'm often always really interested in this concept of, um, this concept of how much energy does your mind spend on a certain thing and you know for me normally in my receding hairline of okay no, like you're gonna look at photos of me and I'm not receding that much but you know yeah we have these things and um for me you know probably maybe once or twice a week I'll probably oh I wish you know hopefully it doesn't fall out quickly and you know whereas when I was in Auckland this time I was spending probably 10% of my day which when you think about it's quite a bit of your time worried about this receding hairline that whenever I look in the mirror I instantly my eyes would attract to this whenever you know I'd be thinking about things if I saw a photo of myself I'd be looking for the receding hairline I'd started noticing receding hairline in other guys so all this thought was you know 10% of my daily thought even maybe even more was going on this concept of you know this dislike of a certain part of myself which is just a natural part of getting older and what was really interesting is I, I kind of identified that I was falling into this trap and I was trying to figure out what it was that was making create this dislike of self around something that is, you know, at the end of the day, quite natural really in, in, in life. And it turned out 
that I was because I was watching so much TV. I was watching quite a lot of TV ads around guys losing their hair. There's a, there's a company called Advance Hair in New, Ze- uh, New Zealand and Australia. I think it's in the UK as well. And they had quite a few ads on, and they had you know export stars who you know had the sad photo when they didn't have hair, and suddenly they look happy as Larry when they've got hair, and and so on. And I f- I found that for me, this exposure to this media type of advertising made me feel insecure about myself and started to implode on my thoughts so much so that I was taking up at least 10% of my mind time in a way that made me feel bad about myself. Now that's not healthy. That's not good for you. And for me, I was much better to spend that thinking time, that, that energy in my mind Doing, thinking about things that were good for me that made me feel good about myself and all the rest of it. And I think, as, as, as I, where am I going with this? To be honest, this, this show isn't one I've done a lot of prep for. It's a real conscious stream of thoughts. But I, I, I think the thing is, is that you have to battle for your own mind. That there's a lot of things out there that are going to make you feel really bad about yourself. And, and, and they can be um, insecure people around you. They can be um, media influencers that are trying to make a profit of selling a product. You know, like if you want to make if you want to make a profit, show people their insecurities and then you show them how to supposedly you're going to get rid of that insecurity. Now, but even worse, create insecurity in people. Like, you know, my receding hairline, it was a little bit of an insecurity, but it wasn't that bad. But by watching those TV ads, they created more insecurity in me so then you know I, I started looking at the websites like <laughs> I don't like I don't have that much of a problem and even if I do it doesn't matter you know like it's it's just a part of growing up I suppose I suppose the key message that I'm, I've tried to hit point in this kind of first part of this today's show is that hating yourself or disliking yourself is probably the hardest thing to overcome in moving forward because disliking yourself does not move you towards positivity you know, disliking yourself is a really hard place to move away from. And that ultimately, we want to find a place in ourselves where we feel and believe we can move forward and develop ourselves in positive ways. And so I suppose, what what can you learn from this? I, I, I really believe that you need to start looking at the kind of energy and the kind of thoughts, or A, the kind of thoughts you have in your day, B, what kind of energy that brings to your life, and in C, does it move you towards a place that you want to be going? What kind of thoughts do you have in your day? So start to learn yourself. And you could do things like have a thoughts diary or just keep a journal at night or, you know, just different, you know, just block out sections of your week so you could go, okay, for the first week you do this, you could sit down in the morning and just explore the thoughts that you have in the morning every day. And then contemplate whether those thoughts are bringing good energy into your life or bad energy into your life. And what kind of things are influencing those thoughts? And then, is that the energy that is creating for your life, is that moving you towards a path that you want to go towards, or is it taking you away a path from a path that you want to go from? And then you can start to create actions in those areas that you identify that maybe they aren't taking you towards where you want to go. Because ultimately, if I go back to my first story of my friend's sister, is that she felt trapped. She felt that this was her life for the rest of her life. And the reason she broke down was because she, in her own mind, maybe had given up. 
and that she couldn't see a way forward. And that's where my whole thinking behind fitness behavior has always come along is that I see it that we just have a way of looking at the world. And for some people, the way I looked in the world has either been created poorly or through experience we've fallen off a path that is good for us. And that with key concepts, you know, we can look at our the way we think and the behaviors we have and we can have a different approach to the way we make it work. So how do I wrap that up into what I wanted to talk about overall? Jeez, I really am going off track today. Sorry about this. <laughs> but, but I suppose the, the key thing is over the last 12 episodes, I, I've been really introducing some key concepts to what you do. And I think what happens is, is, is you probably listen to the show and you get really excited about the key concept that I've taught you this month. Now, I know a lot of people probably here, you know, have only just picked up the show, so you may listen to all of the last 12, 11 episodes, sorry, the last 11 episodes really quickly. But for most people, you get it monthly. So, you you know, first month, you would have got the one about skills. And you might go, wow, that's really cool. So now, you know, for the next couple of weeks, you'll look at the areas you can develop yourself around skills. And then the next month, in episode two, we did one on environments. And you'll go, wow, I didn't realize that environments could have such an influence on the way I make decisions. Well, when, it, when we think about it, these approaches all work really well, but let's say you were to look at your life and bring all of those approaches in one area in a way that works. So let's go back to the person who you know, has a real dislike of themselves, and, and you know what, we all have areas of ourselves that we struggle with, we all have those areas where we, we really struggle, so it's, you're not alone in this, you know, there's, that, there's the kind of... Um, the Buddha saying, you know, suffering, you know, the, I, I read the Dalai Lama's book, um, The Art of Happiness, and, and I did like the concept of once you realize everybody else is suffering, you can be a lot easier on yourself, and I, there is a niceness to that, but, you know, I think once you understand that we all kind of are going through our struggles at certain times, you can be a lot more accepting of others, but also of yourself, but I think you can choose one of those areas, so think about your day, think about, you know, if you're going to look at your day, what's the biggest area where you have most struggle of self? That can be anything. It can be um, procrastination. It can be bad eating behaviors. It can be, you know, anything that you look at within yourself that you have, you know, that you, you really struggle with. And just choose one. Don't don't try to do the whole thing, you know, just small steps in the right direction is who we want to be going. And then think about all the lessons you've learned over the last year listening to this show. And think about what approaches you can take from the show. Now, you may even want to go back and listen to all, you know, 11 episodes from the past. And that could be a really good idea. You could go, okay, well, I'm going to set up a plan to approach this one area which takes away the most negative energy. I suppose maybe I could give a better example of negative energy. So I wrote a piece not long ago for the local paper and, and I got a lot of good feedback from it. And I think this is maybe share what I'm kind of thinking of. Let's say you get up in the morning and you think to yourself, oh, I need to go for a run. And now actually the night before, before you even get up, you, you think, so I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go for a run. So at, um, you know, you, you, you set your alarm for seven o'clock because you go to work at 8.30 and so you figure you get half an hour run in at seven o'clock. The alarm goes off and you go, oh, I want to have a bit of a sleep. So I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll go for a run at lunchtime. So you put the alarm on snooze and you get another half an hour sleep. You get out of bed and you go, oh, I should have gone for that run. I wish I'd done it earlier because it's going to be a bit of a struggle. You drive to work. Suddenly all the runners in the world are out and you can just see those runners going around. And, and you think, so, oh, I should have done that run early. Lunchtime comes around. It comes closer to lunch and you, you're starting to contemplate all the negative, you know, all the reasons why you shouldn't do this run. So you, oh, you know, I'm a little bit tired. I've got a little bit of extra work. You start checking emails at 5 to 12 because you know they'll 
delay you a little bit on that run. 12 o'clock comes around and you're going to go, oh, I'm a little bit busy. I'll, I'll try to get that run done after work. So you, you drive home after work again. All the runners in the world are out so to remind you of how poorly you're doing. And then you get home from work, you sit down, you put the news on, you, you think after dinner I'm going to go for this run. And you have your dinner and then you sit down and you start to feel relaxed. Your partner goes to you, you're going to go for a run. You go, oh, I may do it tomorrow. Now when you think about that day, if you'd got up at 7 in the morning and done that run, how much of your energy have you saved for that day on your thoughts? If you got up at 7 in the morning, you would have, A, you would have felt good about yourself, and then for the rest of the day, you would have been free from that thought. But in the second example, the example where you didn't do the run at 7 o'clock, a lot of your energy throughout that day went on the fact that you had a negative behaviour. So what are the areas in your life where you have that negative thought where it sits in your mind, it almost like sits just at the bottom of your mind and just laying over top of your your your, your thoughts and you kind of go back to going, oh, I really need to do that thing. For me, for a longest time, I was playing piano when I was doing my Ironman training. I'd always have these things about, oh, you should be playing piano. It was, it was the thing that came back in my mind all the time. And what's the, what's the thought process that comes around that thing? What What energy does that bring into your day? And then what approach can you attack it at to make it work? Now, if we look at the last 11 episodes of Fitness Behaviour, all of those approaches by themselves work really well. If you can look at it and you can go, okay, well, what are some black and white rules that I can set around this? You know, How do I feed my mind around you know, this certain area of my life? While each of them work well individually, what if you were to have an approach where you sat down and developed a plan where you used all the concepts that you've used in the last, you know, that you've heard over the last year and moved forward from that plan. It's almost like, you've, you you know, you've gone from going to a battle for like a pistol to having a bazooka, machine gun, a tank. You know, you've got this big multi-tiered approach to being successful in this one area that you really want to kind of knock out. So if we're going to recap, you know, the last 11 episodes, you know, the first episode was about skills, about how really most things are just skills. And, 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 if we can understand that, we can lo- you lose a lot of the the emotion around feeling bad around not having you know being good at something. So, what are the skills that someone who is successful in this area that you want to be in? What are the skills that they have, and what are some of the skills that you can add? So, if we look back to, um, we'll do the, we'll do the running early morning running. What's someone who gets up at seven in the morning? What are the skills that they use to get them out of bed to do that every morning? Maybe you want to talk to them. You know, what method do they go through? Then episode two, we talked about environments. Are there environments that can help you be more successful with that? Do you know of a running club that does an early morning run every week? Or at your local gym, is there a local running group that goes along and gets out and does a run in the morning? Do you have a friend who you know lives close by that could maybe meet you at seven in the morning and have that run? Maybe when it comes to environments, seven in the morning is the worst time for you to run. Maybe what you need to do is at lunchtime, you need to do a run and you get a workmate to go for a run or you start a running work group at you know, at lunchtime, bad emotions, how are the emotional decisions from episode three, how are they influencing you to make irrational decisions, so at the end of the day, on that day when you haven't gone for the run, does that make you, because you feel bad about yourself, eat bad food, and then what can you do to overcome those bad emotions, from episode four we talked about black and white rules, what are some black and white rules that you can set that you know, it will always make you do the thing that you want to do. Black and white rule number one. 
before I go to bed at night, I always pack my bag for exercise. You know, something like that. When it comes to setting goals for episode five, this is, is a little bit different, but I, I, you know, what ways do you know you've been successful in the past that you can bring into this experience? Because we've all experienced some level of success. For some people, it's a lot bigger than other people, but for, for most of us, we've had, well, for all of us, we've had some success in life. So when you were successful in the past and, it's, and you know, developing and doing better at behaviours, what can you learn from that to bring forward in a way that works for you? Episode 6 is a little bit different because I did an interview with David Kessler, which is the one about um, the foods in your life, so it's a little bit different, but episode 7 is feed the mind, you know, the whole concept of what are you feeding your mind that's going to move you towards the goals that you want to achieve. So if you do want to get out and start running, you know, what what are you doing to put great running content in your mind? Are you listening to really good podcasts, you know, like Marathon Talk, or are you reading good books? Are you going on YouTube and watching runners? Are you watching, you know, Usain Bolt do a 100-meter run to give you some inspiration? Are you learning, are you educating yourself around what it takes to become a great runner? Are you setting targets around that as well? Where's your focus? You know, the how question, learning to change your, from episode eight, how to change your focus off the wrong thing that you're doing to where you want to go so when you wake up in the morning and you ultimately want to push that snooze button you go to yourself how can I make sure I get out the door and do this exercise right now so your focus goes back on the behavior of what you're doing episode 9 was the one where we touched on the concept of um, you know making small enough steps and, and I think that's really important for the new exerciser you know maybe half an hour is too much early on maybe early on you just want to get out and do a 15 minute walk and that's going to get you to feel successful in what you're doing. Episode 10, we talked about some affirmations. So what are some affirmations that you can have that you can read before you go to bed and when you get up in the morning so you're mentally prepared. And then lastly, in the last episode, we talked about action triggers. So what are the triggers that are A, taking you away from where you want to go right now, and B, going to move you towards where you're going to go. So in the ultimate situation, what would be the, the thought pattern that you'd have that continuously builds on top of each other? You can see that if we look at it this way, if we develop a plan that has all those steps in place, you've got a much higher chance of being successful in achieving those goals. Instead of just going, well, hopefully my willpower will be strong. Because to be honest, willpower is pretty poor even for the strongest minded people out there. You find the people who are really successful have developed these strategies consciously or subconsciously. So this is what I want you to do. A, I want you to lose the idea that you are a bad person because you struggle in a certain area of your life. You really aren't. And, and this is something I've learned to myself. Uh, you know, like I, I had negativity around self, and I still do, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the areas I had negativity around myself was just based on me thinking I was a bad person and not necessarily that I didn't have very good behavior, understanding of how to improve in those areas. Whereas nowadays, if I have an area I'm struggling with, I look at it and I go, well, what behaviors do I need to change to move me towards better outcome with that area? So look at an area of your life and then sit down, maybe listen to all the shows again or maybe get some of the workbook outs that you bought in the past and think about you know, the 11 step process, or I suppose 10 step process. I need a name because all the guys who do self help crap always have the name, the, the Power Force 10. <laughs> but, you know, like look at all those different things you've learned through this show over the last year and then try to see if you can develop a plan for this one area to see if you can sit and make that work based on that plan. 
Now, I believe, I really do believe, if you sat down and committed like an hour to develop a plan where you develop, you look at the way your skills work in it, the environments, how your emotions influence your decisions, setting some black and white rules around it, learning from the way you've been successful in the past, feeding your mind with amazing content, also changing your focus when you're struggling, making steps that are big enough that it can make you successful using affirmations and, and action triggers, I really believe you'll be able to knock those things out. Now, imagine if you did. Imagine the benefits of not having that negative thought in your mind all day long. And believing that you can move forward in the area that you really struggle with. Imagine that. And that was the difference between the girl who sat on the table with me and we were having coffee. She didn't actually sit on the table, let's be honest here. But she, who I sat with with that coffee that day, when she broke down and cried, the reason... I believe she broke down and cried is because she thought there was no way out. And when you think there's no way out, that's a horrible place to live in. But over the last year, I've introduced some concepts that you may have known or you may not have known, and I've given you some tools that you can work towards so that in those areas where you, you know, that you think maybe it's just about self, you can actually move forward. And I suppose the question I have then is, if you were to move forward from that area, how much of your mind space would be available to feel good about yourself, to develop yourself in ways that make you the better you? I always seem to finish the show with the better you. You know, because you know, when I felt I was receding and I was spending 10% of my energy on this negative thought that I wasn't going to be good enough because I was losing my hair, I don't think that was me being the best version of myself. I don't think that was me moving towards a place where I felt happier, more confident, and just generally good about being who I am in this world. It's your life. It's your journey. If you commit to taking some time to do this kind of work, you'll find that you are then free to be away in this mind space that feels good for you. So give it a try. What do you got to lose? Uh, hey guys, that's a, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite really because I kind of, first part of the show I go, oh, you know, I do all this prep work and, and then I just get on and kind of waffle in this month's show. But I kind of, yeah, it's just, it's, you know what, that's how I'm going to roll this month then. So um, if it didn't roll for you, that's cool. But hopefully you got something out of it that really works. I, I kind of just, I do like the idea of having not just a one-step process and trying to move forward that, you know, all the lessons we've learned together is about, you know, bringing a multi-stream approach into moving forward. So hopefully you got that message and, and hopefully you understand that I just want you to like yourself. I'm <laughs> um, just going to wrap the show up now because it's, it's starting to go long anyway. But I suppose a couple of things I do want to say is I am doing a workbook for this month's show. I know it's kind of a wrap-up of all the other shows, but it's going to be a shortened version of a bit of everything because when you listen to each individual show, the workbooks I design tend to be anywhere from around 10 to kind of 15 pages long with a lot of questions that are really focused on that one area. But because in this month's show, I've really looked at the old idea of taking a multi-streamed approach into 
you know, overcoming certain behaviors, I've designed, uh, I haven't done, I'm doing on Friday, admittedly, when I do that one, but but I'll design a a workbook that's really based around having a multi-stream approach into getting overcoming those things. So if you want to check that out, you go to bevanjamesisles.com and uh, slash fitness behavior. There'll be a link to that and I'll get that done on Friday. So that should be done in the next couple of three days. And that will be just a link to a workbook that costs $3 US, a cup of coffee, what do you got to lose? And then you can then uh, download that and, you know, talk about and plan that time so you can do the thing I talked about before the show. Uh, I'm pretty much going to wrap it up. I've had, I've had quite a few donations through and I I, um, I want to thank everyone, but I think what I might do is next month, I'm just going to do a big list of everyone who's been donating to the show. You know what? I really, really appreciate you guys donating to the show, you guys, because um, you know, I don't have sponsorship for the show, so you know, and you know, I make a little bit of money from the PDFs that come through, but really, it's you know, I'm not motivated by the money, but it's definitely nice to get that kind of um, reward from you guys, and it just really helps support me to be able to deliver more and more great content. So, uh, just for those people who have donated the show, thank you so much because it's pretty great. I just think it's pretty great that you open up your wallet and, you know, appreciate the show enough to be able to donate to it. So that's really, really awesome. If you do want to donate to the show, just go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com. Chuck in the donation link there and you can donate whatever you feel is appropriate. I really appreciate anything that you give. I'm going to pretty much wrap up the show this week. We have got, or this month, we have got some emails, but I think I'll leave them to next month and I'll make the show a little bit shorter so I can get everything in. So um, I do have one thing I need to promote quickly. I, and if you live in Christchurch, New Zealand, this is very specific to a very small part of the audience because it's mainly international. But if you live in Christchurch, New Zealand, I have this new product which I've started, which is called Get Up to Five. Get Up to Five is it's, it's basically a, a training package that gets the new exercise. You know, I talk about the new exercises, so I've decided walk the walk, talk the talk, you know, actually create a product for the new exercises. So I created this product called Get Up to Five. It's designed to get the non-exerciser from walking to running 5Ks in eight weeks. We've got Christchurch's top run coaches. We have seminars. You get weekly emails. We have three run sessions a week with coaches that educate you on technique um, and, all, you know, just how to get successful. But the key thing is, is we've designed it so that from day one you feel successful and then that success is built on itself. So if you are in Christchurch, um, you may listen to the show and you may feel that 5Ks is too easy. If you are that person, can you do me a favor and send it to someone who you may would feel, may feel would get value from it? Or if you're someone listening to the show and feel this would sit for you, go to my website, um, or the website for it, it's called getuptofive.co.nz. That's getuptofive.co.nz. Check it out. And if you've got any questions, email me through. And if you have any questions about anything else regarding the show, email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. And I think I'll rock on. I have to say one thing that's really cool about my new house is that I've got my own office. My office previously was in the hallway. And so <laughs> people will be walking around the background when I'll be doing the show. So it's quite nice to have my own little office space. And I've got photos of my family I'm loving it so I'm just saying I'm I'm in my office so I think I'll wrap it up for this month guys next month I've got a really 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 cool show and it's it's more about the relaxing side of exercise and and why that is so important so look forward to next month's show and I may even have an interview with one of the top authors on the subject so I'm pretty excited about next month's show so look out for next month's show guys remember spread the word I get so many emails from you guys letting people letting me know that you're telling friends and family about the show really appreciate any support that you can give them anyway get out there rock on it's been a year of fitness behavior and I love you guys for listening to the show thanks for coming see you bye